the just one shall flourish like a palm tree come on y'all palm tree look them up if you know about the palm tree you know they survive tsunamis palm trees can go parallel to the ground no matter how hard the wind is going, it can go 40 to 50 degrees without snapping. Think about this for a moment, y'all. You, you know, you can flourish the just one, right? The just one shall flourish like the palm tree. I remember doing a talk at one of my confirmation retreats in Benicia, St. Dominic's, and I was talking about having faith like a palm tree, meaning you will withstand the storm. You will withstand the winds, the tsunami. You will not snap because you are rooted in something deeper. So to all of our listeners that are listening right now in this moment, you are rooted in something deeper, something that cannot be snapped, something that cannot be broken. It'll, you will go through it. But even though you've been through so much, fast forward, in your current age, you still have fruit to bear. You still have light to bring. There is still so much more. There's still more he wants to have with just you. Just focus on you and God right now. There is still more he wants to share with you. There is still a deeper level of intimacy that God wants to have with you so that you can bear fruit, so you can withstand the tsunami, so you can keep pushing like the weeds. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another Project Whetstone podcast, episode number 17. Yes, episode number 17, brought to you by Blaze Ministry 707, where our goal is to help shape and sharpen your faith by sharing our experiences of growing up in the 707 and taking it beyond, yes, taking it beyond to the world as we know it. I'm Bro Rye, and as always with me, I have Jeremy Mallet and Carlo Terrell. What is going on, brother brothers? Hello, hello. As Father Leon would say, what it is, what it is. What it is, <laughs> what it is. Shout out to Father Leon. Yes, y'all. So check it out, y'all. Episode number 17. Here we are. And this has definitely been a journey. Um, if all of our listeners that could just see how we record on a weekly and all the different situations we have going on. It's just proof that, you know what, when the why is important, the how doesn't matter. You know, we have folks that are, you know, again, soon to be three different time zones, currently just in two different time zones, recording in just different places and different spaces in garages, vans, you, you name it, right? We are we are doing it for the LORD. So um, definitely showing just, you know, just our, our devotion to being able to break open the word and share what we have with each and every one of you. So we hope you're getting value from this podcast. And again, just taking whatever it is God wants you to hear. Please remember to use the timestamps. I love using the timestamps because even for myself, when I'm going through the readings or just the theme or the sequence, or maybe there's something that I hear in mass and I'm like, ooh, I like, you know, how, 
either the deacon or the priest was breaking that down. And then I like not necessarily comparing notes, but I like just, you know, enhancing that the experience that I have in mass with with our listening. So whether you listen to the podcast before mass, which is what I highly recommend, or whether you listen to it after mass, nonetheless, um, I don't think we can go wrong either way. Just taking it in little by little. I have to say, like, the breakdowns that Brother Jeremy's been doing have been enriching my understanding of, you know, these readings that I've probably heard several times over, you know, through the course of going to Mass every, you know, Sunday starting as a kid. And I just understand it that much, you know, clearer. I guess is the best way to put it and to, to truly understand what, what scripture, you know, the, the gist is all about, man. So thank you, brother Jeremy, for, you know, doing the work and learning all this stuff and sharpening it and, and sharing your, uh, your hard work with us. That's funny. Cause it, like coming at it from, from the other side, you know, like, uh, like when I go back and listen to these, like, uh, I feel like, it's like, oh yeah, I can apply it. That you know, I, I get these ideas of like, you know, uh, of living this stuff out in ways that I hadn't really thought about. You know, the examples that you guys put out there, and the and you know, like w- when you compare it to, you know, being a dad or or uh, uh, being a husband or you know, just working with the people that you work with. You know, it's <laughs> it's just funny that you say that because I try, uh, it's, and and, and I'm like I'm on the same boat as uh, Bro Silo, man. You know, I was like. I was sitting in mass last week and I was right when we were talking about, you know, follow the, the man with the glass jar, the water, the jar of water. I was like, oh. right. He just brought me back. Like really <laughs> thinking about our conversation and how Rosilo just really expounded on like how deep that was and how you really like made those connections. Right. So, so I think again, it's working hand in hand. Um, it's one of those, I, th- I love that. And again, that's another reason why the podcast is, as powerful and as potent that it is because it isn't just three bro rise or three bro silos or three brother J's, you know, not that that's a bad thing, but at the same token, right. We can provide all different levels. And, and what I appreciate is folks who can like vibe with me. I'm always like, okay, well, if you vibe with me just naturally, then I'm going to invite you to, you know, be open to, a brother CeeLo or brother J vibe. If you vibe with bro J and just like, that's your level of academia, then we're going to invite you to, you know, um, be open to a brother CeeLo or a bro Rye invite, you know, and if you're like the bro Carlo fatherhood, St. Joseph, super practical in that way, you know, be open to the theology, the depth of theology or the charism, um, and the charisma that I might bring. So like, again, that's, what I love about this this connection, and it's not anything that for our listeners out there who who knew us before the podcast or who've known us since we were young younger, y'all would know this isn't anything that. How do I put this? Even though we didn't always hang out or kick it back in the days, and you know when we were in ministry together the way we hang out now and the way we connect now isn't anything that is um, scripted or forced for better terms, right? Like this isn't anything that, 
none of us are getting paid to do this. All right, Blaze Ministry <laughs> isn't sponsoring us <laughs> and and getting paid, but we know the retirement plan and we just know the value of the work that we're doing and we just naturally can come together and make the sacrifices that need to be made to do this. And so if you're listening, this isn't like, you know, there's, there isn't anyone besides God that is putting us up to this um, or is paying us or, yeah, making us do this against our own free will. So I just love that, that chemistry that we, we just have been bringing lately. I mean, 17 episodes, y'all, 17 episodes. So uh, definitely a blessing um, for each and every one of you. Today we are in what Brother Jeremy mentioned to us earlier before we got into the podcast, the first real green Sunday. Yes, the first real green Sunday. And for all of our listeners out there, this is, yes, the ordinary time when it comes to the liturgical calendar. And that is the green parts in your liturgical calendar, which is known as ordinary time. As you know, we have been having all these solemnity days from Corpus Christi to the Trinity. And I believe it was the one before that, Jay, was it? Uh, uh, Pentecost? Was it Pentecost? Yeah, Pentecost. So we've been having all these solemnities of all these Again, beautiful days, but now we are in our what we would what Jay, Brother Jay, call the first green day. This this eleventh Sunday in ordinary time. So let's go ahead. I'm gonna shoot it over to you, Brother Jay. Uh, if you can just break down the themes of today's reading for us. Uh, sure, and it's actually pretty fitting that it, it, we're doing this in theme in ordinary time because uh, ordinary time, as as you know, the color, as Brother Rice said, is is green. And that's a symbol of growth. You know, you know what, what's a, you know, what color is a flourishing forest or a grassy field? It's green. You know, and uh, and so um, this time is meant for just having that time to meditate on the teachings of Christ, on the kingdom of God, and to grow. Uh, that's precisely what what the readings are going to be about. Is that um, you know, if we look at these parables and prophecies and images that are that are come up in the reading, it's it's God expressing His plan and His desire for His people to grow, to flourish, and uh, and to become fully who God wanted them to be. And and God doesn't want you know a, a an army of slaves to, just to do His bidding as every whim. He wants a family. You know, He wants children who grow up to be much like who he is he's not just going to give it to us all at once part of becoming more like god is 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 growing into that identity and um and that's what we're going to see is uh, god gives us that growth he gives us and he desires that for us that he wants us to become uh full and full of life and abundant in, in our being um yeah, no, I love that because, you know, you're talking about, you know, green and here we are like in the different seasons of the year. And when I think about like Advent and how like we talk about Advent where this is the preparation of the coming of Christ into the world, right? This light into the world. And if we look at the time of Advent or the season of Advent, it's, you know, in the, the winter or the fall and it's, it gets darker early and it's cold. And, you know, again, just all those different kind of connections 
that in our in in our current right like with our current state our current weather and how like i just love the intentionality and the connections that we can make with what we see in front of us like this way the liturgical calendar is connected with our even our seasons right so it's just something Mm -hmm. to think about um as i continue to share every time i have the opportunity just you know in my own reflection of like yeah y'all it's advent this is you know the preparation of our hearts for for christ coming into this dark world and and again right we know when daylight savings hits it gets darker early and depending on where you live it's extra extra cold whatever that might be like and i think that's just that physical reminder of even what's happening kind of like we talk about sacraments being that you know that outward sign for that inward grace i feel like there's even that kind of play with that so so yeah no i love it y'all it's time to time to grow time to definitely you know see the green be the green and we're not talking about money Uh, we're talking about growth we're talking about life so all right y'all so we're going to go ahead and just jump right into our first reading today's first reading comes from ezekiel yes ezekiel old testament chapter 17 verses 22 through 24 Uh, so we we did talk about ezekiel in in a previous episode he was sort of the counterpart to Jerem- the prophet jeremiah you know jeremiah stayed with the remnant that stayed in in israel and in jerusalem whereas ezekiel was part of the diaspora the king of babylon uh, decreed that the elite and the leadership of israel could not stay in jerusalem they had to be dispersed throughout uh, the babylonian empire ezekiel is kind of writing from this perspective and uh, actually, right before this this set of verses in chapter 17, uh, he references that. Uh, there was a prophecy, a, a vision kind of uh, type deal, where an eagle comes and takes the crest of the cedar and transplants it somewhere else. And that was supposed to be a symbol of the leadership of, of the Babylonian exile. Kind of continuing that that theme, this is now God speaking, and that God himself is saying, I will also do that, but uh, it's going to look a little different, but he's going to, in a sense, trim the tree of Israel and transplant it on a, a high lofty mountain. And from that tender shoot, will a new plant will, will grow and flourish and bear fruit and become, you know, huge. And uh, of course, you know, he's not just talking about a tree he, he's talking about he's talking symbolically and we could we'll talk a little bit more about what he can mean but uh, this is ultimately a, a prophecy of uh, the restoration of israel uh, that's what at least what is going on in the minds of of the of the readers you know that god is going to take a small part of israel and uh, create a new israel and you know a mountaintop is something that you all that all the surrounding areas can look at um, and and see and kind of look up at. And so there's a sense that this new establishment will be a, uh, a very important focal point for the rest of the world. And so, um, you know, as Christians looking back at this, we can obviously point to Christ as this tender shoot, you know, and that's that's been a, an image for uh, the Messiah the foretold messiah messiah in other places in scripture um 
you know, like a, how a shoot shall sprout from the stump or the trunk of Jesse, right? Um, and a son of David will sit on the throne forever. Yeah, and so the, this uh, image is like a, a, another part of that. But the way that this particular image, uh, this prophecy is, is worded, uh, we can really apply the different senses of scripture uh, to it. So it doesn't just have to be about Christ. It can also be about ourselves in, in baptism, you know, when we're in a sense pruned spiritually and uh, we're made a new creature and how after our baptism, you know, we we kind of grow and flourish and become these great big spiritual trees, you know, and I say that in quotes, in that we become more and more like Christ. And then, um, but this can also speak of, you know, the church, how the the church began really with just one one man, Christ, who chose 12, you know, which was a symbol of the restoration of the 12 tribes of Israel. But, you know, and then 12 became, I, I believe, close to one and a half billion uh, across across the planet and in gro and growing in Africa and China is surprisingly it's, it's it is in decline in certain places and it, it, like in America and in Europe but it the church is still growing if we understand the uh, God's plan properly we know that God's plan won't be stopped and it won't be stopped until the whole world is conquered in a sense <laughs> No, most definitely, bro. And, and I, you know, one of, one of my favorite parts, and it sounds really familiar for those of you who, when I'm reading this last section here where, you know, it says, And all the trees of the field shall know that I, the Lord, bring low the high tree, lift high the lowly tree, wither up the green tree, and make the withered tree bloom right and, and and as i read that i'm always thinking the first shall go last the last shall go first mm -hmm. and i'm also seeing the connection there about you know the idea of you know um what is the in the scripture where we talk about you know those who are who are boastful um help me out jay um it's 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 in it's in it's in theme with this as well um, bringing the low, uh, bringing the low, the high tree and lifting the high to the lowly. All right. First, I'll go last. Last, I'll go first. There was one more thing that I was just thinking about as I was reading this and it has to do with. Um, oh, there you go. The exalted. Well, was, right. Um, the exalted. What is what is that piece of scripture yeah. where we talk about being exalted? Uh, um, I think after the parable of. I believe it's the publican, the Pharisee who is, you know, in the midst of the temple and, you know, giving himself props and uh, praising his own uh, self-perceived righteousness. Where And then there's the tax collector who goes off, uh, who's in the back of the church, so to mm -hmm. speak. And uh, he's saying, you know, God, I'm sorry, I'm not even worried. No, you, bro you broke up just a little bit, Jay. Try that one more time. Uh-oh, you're a you little fuzzy. But um, Matthew twenty three twelve, 
There you go. Break it. it Matthew 23, 12. Break it down for us, bro. CeeLo. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Yes. And exactly that, right? As I'm just reading this part. And again, remember, y'all, this is Old Testament Ezekiel. So again, how is this pointing to Jesus? How is this, again, prefiguring what's going to happen? And for me, I'm just like, all right, this is just that this is just that reminder again of how important it is to, number one, humble ourselves. Number two, this idea of restoration, right? Restoring. And and one thing that has been really powerful that out here, for those of you who uh, may have remembered, my daughter is out here from California here in South Carolina. And as we were driving through Tennessee, North Carolina, you know, you see all the trees nice and green and blooms. And, you know, we were telling her when we were out here in December, a lot of these trees didn't have any of these leaves. They were real skinny. It was just branches. And, you know, within months, within months, all of a sudden they come full bloom, right? They come full bloom. And again, as we're talking about restoration, pruning, what are things in our lives, again, that we might have to remove, that we might have to get rid of? What are some things that we have to do sacrifices that we have to make so that we can continue to live the the life that God has planned for us, that he has designed for us. And this this reading is just that. It's that reminder, again, that the last shall go first, the first shall go last. Those who are humbled will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, right? Just this whole theme here, y'all, of, of really just this is God saying, all right, y'all better check yourself. Y'all better check yourself. If we really want to grow, it's going to take some sacrifice. If we really want to get to that next level in our faith, in our families, in our spirituality, in our relationship with God individually, and as a community, we're going to have to check ourselves if we really want to grow. You know, speaking of, you know, green and plants and all that, I hate weeds. I think most people hate weeds. There's a whole market of of products that were designed specifically just to get rid of weeds. And, you know, often we, we look at weeds as, you know, something that is ugly and doesn't belong and is out of place. And, you know, we just want our grass to be grass. We want it to be nice and lush. We don't want any weeds in our, you know, rose rose garden. You know, but as much as I don't like weeds, I've always been fascinated by weeds and the reason being is i'm always every time i see a weed growing in a little crack on the side of the road i'm like dude like you have to be one powerful organism to be able to start growing in some of the most inhospitable places for plants like no other plant can grow there you put a you know, you put a, a, seed, a tomato seed in that, it's probably not going to last very long. You know, you put any other kind of seed that you actually want to eat from and you probably won't have it growing, you know, in the middle of a concrete crack. And the reason why I bring that up is, you know, as Jeremy was explaining this reading, you know, I realized that as much as we hate weeds, as much as they're undesirable Weeds are what are called, uh, and I had to look this up because I remember it, you know, in my biology class back in the day, but 
weeds are what they call pioneering plants. And pioneering plants, what they do is they are the first step towards making soil or any kind of, you know, surface, you know, more hospitable for other plants to grow, you know. And the reason why I bring that up is because sometimes I see, you know, Christians and followers of Christ to kind of be like weeds, you know, not in the bad sense, but in the sense of, you know, you go somewhere might not be the best place for Christians, you know, might not be the best place to, you know, to grow in faith. But people who follow Christ seem to have this way of surviving in the most difficult situations. And then the way they grow in that area, they create a space that's more open to Christ, you know? Um, and I think about the apostles, almost, you know, weeds in, in their own right. You know, you going out there, going to other places all over, you know, the Holy Land as, as we know it now. But back in the day, no one knew who Christ was. And so they were probably seen as, oh, there goes those crazy, you know, those followers of that one dude, you know, popping up. And eventually they transformed the face of the earth to be, you know, hospitable and open to the growth of, of Christians to be able to believe in Christ. And, um, you know, so what I'm saying for, for our listeners, if, if you're kind of feeling like a weed, like you don't belong, like you're just going through some stuff right now, you're making a change, you know, you being where you're at right now is important. God puts you there. And you're there because there's a mission in that area that only you can fulfill. And even though it doesn't seem like the greatest job right now, you are oh so important to that ultimate mission of, you know, taking the gospel, the good news to the ends of the earth. So don't forget how important you are, even if you feel like, you know, you're you're not that special because you are. You are very important to the life of the church. <laughs> man, I ain't gonna lie, man. When you when you first started introducing when you said the word weeds, and I was like, oh, okay, I know where he's going with this. And I just was thinking the whole opposite of, of what you said. But I'm gonna go ahead and add on to your your sharing about the care. Let's just use the characteristics, right? The characteristics of of weeds. Right. Because I was again, I was on a whole nother I was whole, I was on the whole other side of what you were what you just shared, uh, bro. Silo. But with what you shared, let's look at the characteristics of weeds. They will find a way. They will break through like we cut down these weeds and like how do they end up being in between the cracks of cement? Right. Like they just show up in all the places like Brother Silo was saying in the very beginning, which is what I thought he was going a whole nother route with this. Right. It's like we hate weeds. We hate just what they do to our plants. We hate what, you know, um, this, the aesthetic of it. Right. And again, I was I was like on a whole nother whole nother area. But but I would what I will say is that the characteristics of weeds going on and just, you know, again, just piggybacking up what Bro Silo said is how we have to be with our faith 
how we have to be able to make room for others, how we have to push through no matter how hard it is, no matter what the obstacle in front of you might feel right now in your life. Like there's a cement wall in front of you. Well, guess what? The weeds still found a way. They still found a way. They pioneered a way. The trailblazers. So so just again. Right. And, and again, it's not not saying it's easy, but it's in us. It's in each and every one of us. So. Um, so for this podcast, in that context, as we said, you know, our goal is to be perfect in the Hebrew sense. Well, be like weeds in the pioneer sense, in the brother Carlos sense. Uh, just to add on one, one, one more little point of it, one more piece of it, you know, and 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 talking about this, uh, all this, um, it, it could sound like a lot falls on on you and and you know uh, on our um, efforts and things like that. But and that's true that we do need to um, put in effort. But uh, there is also some uh, encouragement in knowing that God made us. That, you know, God made weeds that way, <laughs> you know, so that um, so that it can make the ground a more hospitable place, you know, um, uh, and uh, we've been made in the same way. You know, we've been made uh, to, in a sense, uh, be recipients of, of grace and to uh, to show and to reveal the the son of God in our lives in the living of it and um and you know god is not going to stop that uh that plan and, and it, as he then there's nothing that can stop that plan you know as as he says at the end of this reading as i the lord have spoken so will i do and that that's an important theme throughout all of scripture this the 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 coming together of word and deed and i think that's a good point for us to reflect on is that you know, if, if if we want to grow in in likeness to our heavenly Father, one of the things that we should recognize is is the importance of the integrity of our word and our actions, in imitation of God, who has already spoken on our behalf and has acted on our behalf, and um, will make uh, this plan come to fruition. And it's uh, the choice for us, I think, lies. Do we want to be part of that plan? You know, because again, uh, and we talked about this before. God's not going to force it on us. You know, um, He's going to make all this stuff happen if we want to be part of it. We just have to desire it and and um, allow God, you know, to give God that permission, as we've we've said in the past. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I'm gonna go and just play off the words here. You know, just play off the words. And like uh, Brother Jeremy just said in the very beginning of what he just shared, he said, "We've already." been made that way right and we think of the word weave as you know this whole theme of plants and restoration and growth when you weave something together here in i was in charleston a couple weeks ago and um there were this these baskets that were woven these then you know when you weave something it's nice and tight right the correct way it'll last forever like a benig so as he said we've already been made that way We've already been with them. So I'm going to just go ahead and take that there with that. So um, as, as always, uh, again, there's so much intentionality here. And as you're going to see, as we continue to just spend time and break down these readings and this theme of restoration, this theme of growth, 
in this green ordinary time of the liturgical year. So let's go ahead and we're going to go into our responsorial. Our responsorial psalm today comes from chapter 92. Yes, chapter 92, verses 2, 3, 13, 14, and 15 and 16. Again, so responsorial psalm from chapter 92. So the first reading, God pronounces this obviously very merciful and, and uh, providential plan. And so uh, we respond by saying, Lord, it is good to give thanks to you. One of the, one of the things that uh, is found in our Mass is, you know, we have that ritual dialogue where... The exact words are leaving me now for some reason. I, I say it, we say it, you know we say it every weekend, and I think the priest says, "The Lord be with you. Uh, let us lift up our hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. It is right and just, right, to give thanks to God." And that's part of what the baptized have been recreated to do and to be, is to be God's people. And it is right and just to give thanks to God because of what was spoken in that first reading. There he's speaking of the plan and uh, jeremiah the prophet jeremiah very much has a, a very similar famous verse do not have plans of woe for you but plans for your benefit right for your good and we can trust in that I and mean, again as god constantly says throughout the old testament as i have spoken so will i do one other thing that we should recognize is that as God has spoken, he has already done. <laughs> he has already done much for our salvation, giving us his son, giving us the Holy Spirit, giving and his son giving us his body and blood, uh, revealing to us and giving us knowledge of himself in the form of the Trinity. And there, there's a lot for us to give thanks to God uh, for all of that, because, you know, again, he could have made us any way he wanted to. He could have made us without free will, without uh, the capacity for love and f for faith and for hope, but he he does he he made us uh, so that we can freely choose to do and to be these things, uh, and if we should and we and, and uh, live in that justice that God has set up for us, uh, we can expect you know what we read in here, things like that we will flourish like a palm tree and that we will grow, uh, and that we will not only grow but grow in the courts uh, of God's house uh, to be part of his um, estate, you know, to live in his estate. And um, even in old age, it, when we become ancient like God, we'll still be bearing fruit, you know, and um, uh, it, that reminds me of when, um, you know, Mother Teresa talked about, you know, if she should be uh, counted a saint, and, and many people were saying in her in her lifetime, uh, already saying that she's going to be a saint. She's going to be canonized. She's you know, called a living saint. But um, she said that, you know, if she should be counted a saint, um, that she would spend her uh, life in heaven doing good for those on earth and, and showing the way uh, to heaven. And that, in that way, that's what, what this uh, psalm is indirectly speaking about, is that even in the times where we think we're not useful in, in a material sense, we can still very much be a witness to God's providence and, and still show the way, point the way to heaven and be 
you know, those stepping stones for, for other people, be those pioneers, you know, <laughs> like, like what Brother Carlo was talking about. Just as how consistent and reliable that God is, and he symbolized here by calling God my rock, uh, in whom there is no wrong, you know, um, there's a sense in which he's sharing those qualities, his own qualities with us, if we should live according to that justice, which is to give thanks to God. So, yeah, very appropriate psalm. I just want to say, be the weed. (laughs) (laughs) They shall bear fruit even in old age. I'm going to do a quick case study on that part because I just read this article the other day that I thought was amazing. Um, It was about a Carmelite nun who recently just died at the age of believe 91 92 wow and she was one of those nuns in the order who takes a vow of silence solitude and poverty and her name was sister mary joseph now check this out this is a crazy part where i was just like what and you know this just goes back to you know the psalm talking about even in old age. So she was born in San Francisco. I think uh, her dad was eventually, you know, some, well, long story short, she became a socialite in San Francisco. Her, her parents were rich. Her husband's parents were rich. And so she became rich. And so she was a socialite. Like she's one of those rich people in San Francisco um, had 10 kids, uh, you know, raised, you know, those 10 kids. And then at the age of 60, at the age of 60, she throws herself like a big party of like, I think 800 people or something like that's how rich she was. Like her 60th birthday party was, you know, 800 people strong. And that was the day that she announced that she was going to go become a Carmelite nun. And she, the story goes that she walked around with a balloon attached to her so that all the people at the party could, you know, come to her and say goodbye. And one of the things she said at her party was, you know, I dedicated the first 30 years of my life to myself. Then I dedicated the next 30 years to my kids. And now I want to dedicate the next 30 years to God. And so at the age of 60, you know, she, again, she was rich, like she, her family had money, but she gave all of that up and went and, be, you know, took some of the most, you know, stringest, you know, strictest vows that a nun could have. And she went and lived that life. And she just died, I believe yesterday at the age of 92. And man, you know, like I've said before, you think you're done. You know, you think you're done when you're a retirement age and she could have lived, you know, a life, a lavish life. I mean, you know, the story was like when she was young, she'd, she'd be on a yacht in the Mediterranean for her summer vacations. You know, she had season tickets to the opera with the best seats in the house. I mean, you know, she was living that life and all of that 
freely just gave away, left it all behind to dedicate to God. And I think, you know, you know, like Brother Jeremy was saying, like it's, it's right and just, you know, to give thanks to God. And, and ultimately, in this case, I'm seeing that, you know, something was already working in her. You know, maybe she only announced it when she was 60. But it sounds like, you know, the blessing that she had. And I'm not talking about, you know, the money blessings. I'm talking about like just being blessed and and being, you know, part of the family of Christ was enough that something took root in her heart and, you know, told her just go, you know, because I mean, I don't think most people would expect a 60 year old rich socialite having a lot of money deciding to give it all up. You know, like to me, that's that's straight up St. Francis of Assisi, you know, all over again. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years we find out that, you know, Sister Mary Joseph's going to have a, you know, a beatification or a canonization, you know, in the next few years. But, you know, again, just even your old age, you, you don't know. You know, you don't know when, you know, God's going to say, all right, I got something for you to do, you know, and you're going to flourish at it. You know, even at 60, I mean, we know Abraham was like, what, in his 70s? When, uh, you know, he was like, for, for most people in, in that situation, you're not thinking, you know, you're going to go go on another adventure, you know? But again, just like this, this Psalm, you know, is bringing up, you know, it's it's good to give you thanks. And, you know, how that manifests, only, only God knows and you know, we, we get to be, we get to have front row seats to see how that works, you know, as followers of Christ. For me, when I'm like reading this and just thinking about, again, the whole theme, this idea of restoration in response to the first reading of this idea of pruning and growing and being green and being like the weeds. I'm going to just go, you know, just to piggyback off what brother Carlo, uh, cause that def- that line definitely struck me that they shall bear fruit even in old age. Now, he used a great example um, of someone who is, again, in their 90s, but I'm going to bring it back to all of our brothers and sisters who are in their late 30s, early 40s, or maybe even our younger teen apostles in Christ that might be even in their um, even mid-20s, late-20s. Like I feel like no matter how old you may feel or how much you've been out of the game or, you know, how long it's been since you've been to church, if there is that little inkling inside of you that has that little mustard seed of faith, and I know, again, this is our our theme, and this is kind of today's reading, if there's just that little bit of light that you have in you, like there is still hope for you to shine that light. There is still so much more for you. There is so much fruit for you to bear, meaning for you to bring into this world. And I would just say this, start small. And I'm always that believer where, you know, I'd rather you have a small dream and a big grind. So whatever that might be for you in your relationship with God, who cares if you've been out the game? Who cares if you haven't been to church in a while? Who cares if you still struggle with, you know, learning the faith or believing in the faith in, in ways that maybe, 
um you believed when you were younger that's okay like you everyone's gonna go through their own journey everyone's gonna go through their own storm everyone is gonna go through their own challenges but for all of our brothers and sisters teen apostles in christ and anyone listening right now who maybe you had a really active faith life and ministry in your teens your you know young adult years and maybe you're at that stage in your life right now where you feel like that was just a phase or that was just then and you know that's not me now you're right it's not you now it's you're not going to be in a teen age you know in a teen youth ministry right now you have your own ministry whether it's singles ministry, whether your vocation is your family, wherever you are in your life, you're right. It's not going to be like then, but there's still fruit for you to bear right now. And I know it's tough. It's not hard. And I'm going to bring you back to the very, one of the earlier parts of this Psalm. The next part I wanted to share was that struck me was the just one shall flourish like a palm tree. Come on, y'all palm tree, look them up. If you know about the palm tree, you know they survive tsunamis. Palm trees can go parallel to the ground. No matter how hard the wind is going, it can go 40 to 50 degrees without snapping. Think about this for a moment, y'all. You, you know, you can flourish the just one, right? The just one shall flourish like the palm tree. I remember doing a talk at one of my confirmation retreats in Benicia, St. Dominic's, and I was talking about having faith like a palm tree, meaning you will withstand the storm. You will withstand the winds, the tsunami. You will not snap because you are rooted in something deeper. So to all of our listeners that are listening right now in this moment, you are rooted in something deeper, something that cannot be snapped something that cannot be broken it'll you will go through it but even though you've been through so much fast forward in your current age you still have fruit to bear you still have light to bring there is still so much more and we're not talking more in the sense of you have to do more, be out there more, more in the sense of materials or goods or even deeds per se. But there is still more that God wants to have with you in your relationship with him. There is still more he wants to have with just you. Just focus on you and God right now. There is still more he wants to share with you. There is still a deeper level of intimacy that God wants to have with you so that you can bear fruit, so you can withstand the tsunami, so you can keep pushing like the weeds. Just because you brought up teen apostles, <laughs> I'm going to say this. And this is, you know, an LGS moment for me just because it's it's impressed upon my heart. I would truly love to hear from you know, old friends and family. But in particular at this moment, the brother that comes to mind would be Brother Dominic Katap. You know, just to to hear from him. And uh let's do it. Let's get him on the show, man. And <laughs> let's see if we can invite him on and, you know, have him join us for an episode. Oh, absolutely. Definitely reach out to to bro. Bro Dom. Dominic. Yeah, brother. So um 
yeah, definitely we'll uh, make that happen. We'll make that happen. So, all right, y'all. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our our second reading, our second reading today. And the second reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. So once again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. Uh, so we're back to St. Paul, and he's writing to the Corinthians, but this is his second letter. I think second to Romans, this is uh, St. Paul's most beloved letter, and for good reason, because, uh, you know, like Romans, he kind of encapsulates the entire entirety of the faith in this letter, but he does it in such a uh, poetic way. It's so It's very quotable. You know, there's a lot of stuff, in, and and here we see one very famous quote in particular. Uh, but he's so he's writing to the Corinthians, as we know, is a very diverse town, and he and he's speaking to them about you know, in general, as we live our lives as Christians, you know, what is it that makes a Christian different from everyone else? And he says here, we are always courageous, uh, although we know that while we are at home in the body. We are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And he goes on, We would rather leave the body and go home to the Lord. Therefore, we aspire to please him, whether we are at home or away. Uh, so he's kind of in a veiled way speaking. Whether And he says it in these words in another place. I can't remember which letter exactly. But he says, whether uh, we live or die, we live for him. A pretty close paraphrase, if if I'm paraphrasing to something something he says somewhere else, but that's essentially what he's saying here. Whether we live or die, we do those things for God because we have this thing in us. This, um, it, it, you know, it goes beyond an intuition when he says we walk by faith. You know that that um, that faith is very much the basis for the Christian life. Every act. Every effort should be sourced in this inexpressible and ineffable faith that we live by. And that's why it's so one of the reasons why evangelization is so difficult is we're trying to articulate something that we tr truly cannot fully comprehend ourselves, you know, <laughs> is, is this connection that we have to God and that, you know, not just that God exists, but that God has made us and is drawing us to himself through his plan of providence through grace. All of history and all of creation and, and uh, all that's happened in time and space, that God is working those things so that we can ultimately have this relationship uh, and to become uh, as Christ is. We become by grace what Christ is by nature, which are which is a son or daughter of God. And so um, he's he's trying to explain this to the Corinthian people, you know, that, that this is what it means to be a Christian. And he says, uh, to close this part off, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each may receive recompense according to what he did in the body, whether good or evil. And so there's this exhortation, of, cor of course, to do good because, you know, recompense for good will be good, whereas recompense for evil will be evil. You know, <laughs> um, this is a, a word of exhortation in daily living as a Christian and growing in the identity and the in the stature of Christ. 
that we should live by this faith and not by all of our bodily instincts. Hey, Jay, can, by, Jay, can you, can you oh, break yeah. down real quick um, for our listeners, what's the definition real quick of uh, recompense is? Uh, so recompense, you know, we, we might know the word compensate, right? You, you'll be compensated for doing this or that, or, you know, in, in essence, being paid back. So what, one of the hidden kind of themes running throughout these, uh, you know, we went with growth, but you can also see justice as being a part of this theme and how growing, particularly in the virtue of justice. Uh, and that's what we're kind of being trained in by this, this set of readings. And what Paul is getting at is, you know, it's divine justice that will be served, you know, at the end of our life, you know, uh, for every good thing will be rewarded and every um, every sin that we haven't had atoned for and uh, reconciled and uh, re repaired, you know, th that'll be also accounted for. Yeah, th so the word recompense kind of brings about this uh, kind of an, an accounting term for uh, justice and, and moral justice, to put it that way. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the, the perspectives that you know, I can't say I came up with, but what I was led to when I was explaining things to Zeri, um, who's eight years old, you know, trying to explain what, what heaven is like. And, you know, we had a little conversation and then he'd follow it up with a bunch of little questions, you know, like, dad is, you know, is, does anyone get any ouchies in heaven? I said, no. Ouchies meaning, you know, do you get hurt? Do you get injured? Um. And I was trying to explain to him like how nothing bad can go in there. And so you can't take anything bad with you. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, catechism that comes to understand what that means, you know, but one of the perspectives that I kind of came up with in my mind, if, if it can be used to help understand, you know, maybe what, what St. Paul is talking about in an analogy is it's, it's almost like, Everything we're being taught, you know, from Christ and, you know, through scripture, through the magisterium, you know, the whole, the whole big picture is almost like we're being taught how to swim and we're being taught how to swim and function in heaven. And everything that we do isn't necessarily, um, you know, because we're just trying to be good down here, but be, but because whatever we practice down here is how we're going to be practicing up there. And, and let me break that down a little bit, you know, when it comes to learning how to swim, if swimming requires certain movements, certain motions, certain habits, you know, you can't breathe underwater if you're human, if you want to propel yourself in water, you have to be able to learn how to kick. If you want to hold still in water, you have to be able to tread water. You know, if you want to be able to to move, to shift, you have to know how to move your body. And in the same way, if if heaven is this place where nothing bad can exist, you know, you're not going to talk ill of anyone. All the habits that you have here on earth in your human form or in your physical form 
might not fly if you go into heaven and you might not make it in if you keep those habits. And so it's almost like you're learning how to be a citizen of heaven and you're practicing those habits down here. And once you've learned those habits and you can maintain them, then you're ready to go to heaven and function in heaven. You know, um, like for example, one of the things that I understood was that, you know, communication in heaven isn't necessarily with your voice or your mouth. Um, it might be with, you know, thoughts or emotions. And in the same way, I was like, oh, is, is that why, you know, we're taught to pray so much? Because that's how, you know, that's how you function. Again, I don't know if this is just a perspective of me doing thought exercises, but if if we learn how to pray in silence without necessarily using words, is it maybe because we're learning how to, you know, to, to communicate in heaven, how to speak to God, how to listen to him. And so that's why we practice that down here. That's why we, you know, you should be well-versed in knowing how to pray and how, you know, knowing how to listen in the silence. Um, you know, another example would be, you know, forgiveness. You know, I think for all those who truly understand what forgiveness is for, isn't necessarily, you know, for the benefit of the person you're forgiving, but a huge part of it is a benefit for yourself. You know, that that burden you carry of having a grudge against someone and, and not being able to forgive them could be a huge anchor, you know, when it comes to learning how to swim. You know, how do you swim if you have something that's attached to your ankle that's that's pulling you down? And the only way to let go of that anchor is, is to, to forgive and to let it go. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to feel great about it. You're, you know, you're not going to be happy. Everything's going to be all good. Everything's going to go back to normal. But forgiveness is just, you know, letting it go and not letting it be a burden to you. And so, you know, one perspective I'm going to offer with, with what St. Paul is saying is that we practice things here on earth, not necessarily because it looks good, because, you know, we're supposed to look good to everyone else, but it's preparing us, you know, to be citizens of heaven. It's preparing us how to walk in heaven. It's preparing us how to talk in heaven. You know, it's preparing us to be full citizens to be fully immersed in what God has prepared for us, a place without suffering, a place without death or destruction. You know, if this place has been made this way, why would we want to bring any of our bad habits into this place? So the best way to not bring in those bad habits into this place is to practice the good habits here to be ready to be citizens of that kingdom. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's always, it's kind of like that idea too of, you know, game day versus practice, right? For all of our athletes out there, you know, we drill and drill and do all these, you know, um, practices, running the plays, watching the tape. And we'll, you know, again, for those of you who are MJ fans, you know that MJ and Kobe, right? They'll work harder in practice, so that when game day comes, not only do they show up, but, you know, they perform. And again, I think that's, as you were talking, bro, CeeLo just kind of reminded me of how, you know, this is 
our practice and this is our preparation for salvation, for the afterlife, for life with Christ after our physical death. So, so again, right in that whole same type of theme of restoration, growth, justice, right? Just doing things right. Just It's all wrapped up in here into these beautiful reminders of how we should be and how things could be if we would, again, just in this line, right? We hear all the time, walk by faith and not by sight. So, all right. So one of my favorite readings is, uh, is today's gospel. All right. It comes from the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Again, today's gospel reading on this 11th Sunday in Ordinary Time, it comes from the the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 26 through 34. Uh, so we're in cycle B, which focuses on Mark. And one of the things that we know about Mark's gospel is it's called the breathless gospel because Jesus is always doing this. And like as, as soon as he finishes one thing, he immediately goes to do something else. And one other theme that kind of comes out or one other image of Christ that comes out of Mark's gospel is that is Jesus is the teacher. And he's sitting and we see here that he's speaking to the crowds and he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. And here we have two parables, two parables that explain the kingdom of God. The first is about a man who scatters seed on land and would sleep and rise night and day. And through it all, would see, uh, the seed would sprout and grow. He knows not how. Of its own accord, the land yields fruit, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. And when the grain is ripe, he wields the sickle at once for the harvest has come. And so one point that he's trying to emphasize here is when Jesus says he knows not how. So this, this farmer, you know, he's acting on what he does know. You know, he knows that if he, uh, in the right conditions, a seed will sprout and grow. Like he waters it, you know, it makes sure the, the soil is, is nice and fertile and, and that sort of thing. But, you know, he does not directly cause the growth from the seed. And that that kind of liminal space is where Jesus is trying to say, that's where God is acting. It's in the nature of that seed that in the in the right conditions, it just grows. You know, it, and it's not like the seed, a, a free will of its own where it chooses to do it or not. You know, it's, it's just doing what comes natural to it. You know, and um, and there's a a sense in which you know when creation gives praise to God, how does it? How does creation do that? It's just by doing and being what it is, you know. And that's what Jesus is, in a sense, talking about here: is that a seed is just doing what it's supposed to do. You know, and and the thing about parables is you always have to have a uh, sort of a symbolic lens, uh, a her- a hermeneutic to them. Because they're they're extended um, metaphors, they're allegories in a lot of ways, and they're always talking about. And he's talking about the kingdom of God in particular. And so, you know, uh, what what is he really talking about here? You can kind of fill in uh, the blank with a lot of different heavenly realities. You can say that he's talking about faith in the soul. When the seed of God's word is planted in our soul, if we just plant it and you know create the right conditions. 
the, that God's word will do the work and faith will blossom within that person, within, within our soul. And then when the time is right, God will harvest us. You know? And it, it, that sounds like, uh, like I'm make, making light of, of death, but you know, that's kind of the goal of our faith anyway, is, is salvation that's to get to heaven, right? But you can talk about this with with other things as well, uh, other realities. But we can come back and talk about that later. But just to get to the second one, the second parable, he goes on to talk about uh, the kingdom of God and compares it with a mustard seed. And a mustard seed is a very small seed. If if you've ever, I mean, you can go to the to the grocery store and I think you can pick up mustard seeds um, in a little um, uh, jar or something like that. And they're like a grain of sand, a, a coarse grain of sand. It, produces a, a large bush that birds can uh birds of the sky can dwell in we sort of hear uh some of the first reading from ezekiel uh, ezekiel mentions how you know when god transplants that shoot from the tree and um it uh, grows and flourishes and becomes strong that the birds of the air will come and dwell in its branches uh, and we we hear that same image in this parable you know, birds are winged creatures, and uh, and there's a reason why artists associate angels with having wings. It's their the eternal ability to be everywhere at once. You know, kind of like God, and it's part of what it means to be a spiritual being. So what they're what Jesus is talking about in a veiled way is is that the heavenly realities uh, of grace and virtue and the communion of saints will come. Uh, to the soul that cultivates the the small seed of faith in them, from that small seed of faith, will will bring about a truly heavenly creature, and that's what God has made us to be: is these heavenly creatures. And um, and he ends this part by talking about how Jesus is speaking in parables, and uh, and Mark has Jesus doing this because uh, this is something that goes back to the Old Testament that God will be speaking to His people in parables there's this famous theologian from from uh the 20th century the uh, early to mid 20th century he used to like to speak in paradoxes about god but um one of the things that he talked about was how even in his revealing it still remains veiled you know and so parables was god's way of doing that was speaking about the heavenly realities and revealing to us those heavenly realities but uh, it still leaves them veiled because they're 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 parables. You have to kind of read between the lines and have that seed of faith in order to really understand them. And we talked about this before with um, you know stained glass windows. Uh, you don't really see you know the the form and the details of a stained glass window unless you're standing inside the church. It's only from inside the church that you can really see what the, the picture is depicting versus from outside, it just looks like a, 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 a dark mess. You know? <laughs> I really like these readings a lot. There's a lot to think about here. We can devote this entire podcast to just one of these parables. Amen, brother. Amen. And, and, you know, I'm just like, as I'm taking all this in and just really like, I love just looking at all the different ways that God speaks to us through his word and one thing that came to mind as i was reading this was the saying or the thought or the things that we hear from time to time you know god works in mysterious ways 
and what that brought up for me and the reason that came up for me was because how you were talking about how in the in the first parable where you know he did not know like how the seed is going to grow but it's going to grow and i feel like how many times in our lives do things happen that we don't always know how it happens or we didn't have anything to do with it necessarily happening like there were there was a lot that is going on that we don't see that's happening going back to the second reading today right walking by faith and not by sight and i started making that connection with do we walk in the same way right when we hear that saying walk by faith not by sight and it's like okay well what does that really mean are we walking in a way where we're just gonna really trust that god is gonna do what he does in his own mysterious way in his own miraculous way in his own loving way in his you know in his way or do we stunt that growth right do we stop it before it even happens or do we have that that doubt do we have that reluctancy do we hesitate and i just feel like in all of these readings today Right, through weaved in through all of this is this idea of trust, this idea of growth, this idea of becoming anew, this idea of no matter how old you are, this and especially in this last reading, this whole idea of the mustard seed. You're right, they come in these packets of like hundreds right hundreds and i love it here it says but once it is sown it springs up and becomes the largest of plants and puts forth large branches come on y'all the smallest becomes the largest how we don't know how we don't that's not we're not making it grow into the largest going back to again the connection to this first parable of this reading it is god like brother carla would say from time to time is doing the heavy lifting god is doing the heavy lifting and like brother jay would always reiterate it's already there it's already in us god is already <laughs> We're already blessed, as we talked about a couple podcasts ago. We're already blessed because we are in union with God. So as we are, you know, really taking time with this gospel reading today for all of our listeners, take this moment. And like Brother Jay was even saying, there's so many connections you can make with this idea of this mustard seed being planted in our soul, in our spirit. Right? There's so many different connections that we can make with this idea of how, you know, no matter where we are in our faith, God is going to do something miraculous with us if we allow him to, if we trust in him, if we walk by faith and not by sight, if we just continue to stay rooted like the palm tree, if we continue to just really allow God to steer. I mean, we time and time again you see all the different themes that we share all the different connections and we bring it back intentionally because we don't want to just say it once and and be done with it like you'll hear us 
time and time again because that's the repetition that it might take for many of us. Like Brother Carlos was saying, we were practicing down here for what we're going to do up there. And so that's why we have the rosary that, you know, of course, for the contemplation, for the meditation, but for the repetition. And so I'm going to just throw it out there. Wherever you are, get those reps in. Get those reps in. And we're not talking about like just physical reps, but I'm talking about your spiritual reps. What spiritual reps can you start taking today? Little by little. Don't wait for Lent. Hi, 2022. Don't wait for the next uh, Exodus 90, whatever, you know, whatever it is. Right. Like, again, nothing against those those ideas. But like what spiritual reps could we take today after listening to this podcast? Get a piece of paper out, pray on it, write it down. What spiritual reps can you take today? And it doesn't mean that you have to know how. It doesn't mean that you have to get it right. It doesn't mean that you have to be perfect in your execution. But can you walk by faith and not by sight? Can you allow the little mustard seed of faith that you have right now? Can you allow God to just let him do what he does with it completely or not? And if you can get those reps in, imagine what your spiritual life could look like. Imagine what your reaction to the world would be, how different it would be. You know, we were um, talking earlier about how, you know, as of lately, some of us have been getting just real short with people. <laughs> like our, our patience has been tested in different ways. And I know that, you know, I've always heard that, you know, there are times where when the littlest things bother somebody, it's because they got something big that's going on within them. And when the biggest things don't bother people, right, then that means that they have, you know, like this idea of just like a level of, you know, maturity or just peace, right, and, that, and God's peace. And if you are someone that gets, that has a short temper, right, and maybe you do got a lot going on and the littlest things do bother you, right, then let's just pray for peace. Let's pray for God's peace. But I think, again, it goes back to pruning. It goes back to what does growth look like in your spiritual life. It goes back to, you know, again, in these these readings today, if God isn't speaking to you in any of these readings today, y'all, like, rewind the podcast, start over. <laughs> Remove distraction. Start over. And we are with you. We are praying with you. We are here for you because at the end of the day, the last shall go first and the first shall go last. Let's do this, y'all. I think one of the themes that really stand out to me in, in this gospel is just the idea of going small and doing big. You know, something small and it going big. St. Teresa of Calcutta I think one said, you know, you don't have to, something to the effect of you don't have to do big things, you just have to do, you could do little things with big love, you know, and I think that's just a a call to action that doesn't necessarily need to be 
huge and glamorous doesn't need to be you know a a five-year plan that gets put into play it could be the simplest of things you know to 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 plant that seed you know to to bring forth that kingdom and i'm talking about you know maybe it's just a smile at a stranger that needed that smile that day you know maybe it's it's uh you know sharing some words of encouragement for someone that doesn't even look like they need it but you know you just it's impressed upon your heart to do it and i think that's how we can make a huge change you know and and although we might not be the ones doing the heavy lifting if we could slide that in you know we could change the world i mean even this is kind of a you know a probably not the the most popular example but man you know covid is like the smallest thing ever you know a virus is one of the smallest things you know in in our existence and yet it can change the world and it has as we've seen in the past year you know and although it's a disease that's that's caused a lot of, you know, death and, you know, caused a lot of change in the world, in the same sense, something so small could have an effect so huge. Now, if we could take the potential of understanding how something small can make a huge difference. And we put that into practice in terms of how we behave and how we interact with other people and, and how we see other people, man, huge, huge changes could be made for the better. And so, you know, words of encouragement to get out there, doesn't even have to be big things. It could be little things done with big love. Amen, brother. Amen. Yes. The blessed Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. So for our final thoughts, we're going to go ahead and and just kick it over to Jay. Brother Jay, if you can just share some takeaways, some calls to action, some final thoughts as as we get ready to wrap up today's podcast. So I think for my takeaway, uh, uh, I'd like to impart some seeds of contemplation and um, offer some ways to think about the parables and, and the prophecy from the first reading and, and some ways that we can interpret these parables because you know, sometimes we get locked up into just thinking linearly and and see it only in terms of its moral meaning or maybe just talking about faith in a general vague sense. But when Jesus and uh, when God speaks to us in parables, he meant for us to hear several things at once. And that's part of uh, helping us to grow and flourish as, as his people that, you know, uh, it does take a certain amount of wisdom and intellect <laughs> not that you have to have like a huge I- iq or anything 
Um, but it definitely can um, be helpful and be put towards uh, God's uh, to God's glory. Those different senses of scripture uh, are definitely in mind when when Jesus gives us the parables. And um, so, in one sense, you can think about the seeds as humanity and creation itself. You know, what what we see in scripture is humanity began with just two people, Adam and Eve. Right? Um, they were, in a sense, the seed of humanity. And now we're seven billion strong, and all of them are called to God's, to live in God's uh, courts and to live in God's heavenly house. And so there's that sense. But even just individually, humanity was meant for much more than just this world. When God plans to take humanity and sort of replant it in that higher, on that high lofty mountain, you know, there's. Uh, a sense in which he's saying, I'm making you more than what I originally made you to be. You know, he originally made us to be perfect human beings, but we fell from that. But now he's, uh, through Christ, he's calling us to be his sons and daughters, to be, in a sense, little gods and little, <laughs> you know, to be part of God's trinity. Uh, so there's that, there's that sense. Uh, another sense that we can look at this is to see God, uh, to see uh, the seed as God's word, as Jesus himself, you know, that he's the head of the church and all this, the, the church, everything began with him. And he was just one man you know, in terms of his speaking purely in terms of history. He was one man and he did <laughs> so much. And it's because um, uh, the spirit of God was with him, you know, and that uh, and his human nature was empowered by divinity and there's there's a sense in which you know if christ can do it we're called to it too you know we, we can do it too um you know christ himself said um you will do greater things <laughs> and then uh, the last thing um is kind of related to that the last uh little seed of contemplation is that you can think of the seed as um, as your own faith and, and your own holiness. You know, it, it starts with that little seed of, of faith that um, not just recognizing that God exists, but to recognize that, that that I am that God spoke, spoke uh again when he created you there's a little i am at the at the um that served as the seed of our existence our individual existence and uh if we cultivate that we grow in the identity of god and and uh with it uh when we grow in that identity and that self um uh, consciousness <laughs> um that's when we can start to see you know, the birds of heaven start to dwell in, in our branches, you know, uh, that we, we grow so large that we become like God himself, you know, like Christ. And um, and it it's in the little things of um, growing the little seeds of each individual virtue. You know, we talked about patience. We talked about justice. We talked about um, um, patience and do we? Did I say that already? <laughs> Wait, patience, uh, justice, and um, uh, you know, generosity. Whatever you know, these little uh, 
um, these little virtues can really be uh, paths to to our canonization. You know, um, yeah, thankfulness. One of the things that um, a famous philosopher once said, um, you know, if, if the only prayer we knew was thank you, that would be enough. <laughs> You know, and uh, to give thanks, and uh, that, that's kind of how I perceive that story. Of um, I'm going to be looking out for for that sister Mary Joseph. Um, and, uh, you uh, you heard on this podcast, soon to be uh, blessed, and probably one day Saint uh, Mary Joseph of San Francisco. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that's a, that's a powerful testimony of what God can do in just one little lifetime which in the grand scheme of things is very very small but god can turn it into something very very great my final thought is um do the little things and god will do the heavy lifting try it you know it doesn't have to be huge doesn't have to be you know amazing to the world um, but do the little things, you know, be sprinkle the little seeds of Christ all over the place. And, you know, you'll see that you walk away from it and you come back. There's this huge weed in your sidewalk that's, you know, broken up the sidewalk and now it's opened up some soil for, you know, other virtuous plants to grow in, you know, so little things turn into big things. Amen, brother. And, and just to even take that, that same type of idea and that mindset, again, like I said earlier, my invitation, everybody is, you know, be up, do the opposite, right? Like be like, have this small dream, but have a big grind have a small dream and a big grind versus having this big dream and a small grind. Like we see that all too, all too, all too often people have these huge big dreams and they just have this small grind. And so let's, let's go the opposite. Let's be like Jesus in that countercultural way. Let's have these small dreams. That doesn't mean that it's insignificant and it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter, that it's not valuable, that it's not anything. But just looking at today's readings, especially in our gospel, that mustard scene becomes the largest. Right. Why? Because and, and it started small. So let's like Brother Carlos said, let's focus on small. Like Brother Jeremy said, let's look at these parables with so many different perspectives and angles and lenses. Let's let's really take time to contemplate how God is speaking to us in the most subtle and small ways that will help us grow and help us become the largest version of ourselves in the way that God intends us to be. And I think the last piece for me, as I'm just sharing this, and it's just inspiring me in this moment, is get out your own way. Like, just get out your own way. You might be in your own way and preventing yourself from really allowing yourself to grow in the ways 
that God desires for you to grow or the way that God has designed you to grow. And that doesn't mean forget who you are. And that doesn't mean, you know, start fresh. And for some of us, it might mean start fresh, but ultimately, like, get out of your own way. Let's allow God to do what he does best. And let's start small. And let's really think about these mustard seeds and these little ways that God wants to work in our lives or that how he's already working in our lives. And maybe it's already in front of you. Maybe it's already right there. And God is asking you just to pay attention and maybe get out the way so that he can do what he does best. All right, y'all. So there we have it. There we have it. Episode number 17. It is always a pleasure, again, spending time with all of you, all of our listeners out there. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Be sure to share the podcast, rate the podcast, and more importantly, you know, live out whatever it is God is calling you to do every time you um, spend with us all the the time that you have listening with us just go ahead and and again to get those spiritual reps in uh, we always are, are thankful each and every one of you who will take the time to just to listen to us no matter how long or how little we know that god wants you is going to allow you to hear what you need to hear so that you can continue to grow in him so as always remember to pray for us because we will always be praying for you amen amen what it is, what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah.